right. Well, if you'll turn in your, in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever uh, publicly thanked P.J. McClung for preaching for me back in November. I sent him a note, uh, but I don't know if I told you all how thankful I was. This is a sermon I wrote when I was meant to preach that Sunday. And uh, I called P.J. at 8.30 in the morning, uh, right before they were to be leaving to come to Bruton. And so I'm very thankful for you stepping in, sir. I've been waiting. I love this text. Um, and I, I've been looking forward to, uh, to preaching it. And so we're going to be looking at the second coming of Jesus. Now, I will say as we start, um, a lot of people will look at this text and base uh, what they would call the rapture out of this text. Now, I'd love to meet with you one-on-one and tell you why I don't think this text is talking about a secret rapture. If you believe in the rapture and love Jesus, then I sure am glad you do. Uh, but I, I don't think that's what this text is talking about. And I hope by the end of our time together, you'll see why. Um, but we get to look at the coming of Jesus. Uh, and, and He is coming soon. We don't know when, but I pray it's today. Let's, let's ask the Lord's help as we read. Lord, help us and give us understanding as we come to Your Word. Send forth Your Holy Spirit Lighten our hearts, lighten your text, that we might know and believe more strongly. In the name of Jesus, amen. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Have you been uh, looking at the news this last couple days? You know what happened in Hawaii yesterday? Um, So somebody pushed the wrong button at the Civil Defense Department, and a text and an alert on all the cell phones in Hawaii went out, and and this is what it said. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. So people were scattering everywhere. Of all the things you put in a text, this is not a drill. People were scattering everywhere. There are videos of people sobbing in the streets, running into buildings. I saw one picture of of a parent lowering their child down through a manhole cover to seek to protect their child from the incoming ballistic missile. Now, praise the Lord, it wasn't true. But you know, it took 38 minutes for the all clear to go forth. In fact, only when the guy who had pushed the button saw it on his own phone, after he'd left his shift, did he know what had happened. Yesterday, people in Hawaii thought that it was the end of their world. And they wondered if it was coming and what it would be like. There is a day coming when all of history will conclude. We won't have a 38-minute warning, and we won't wonder if it's that day or not. 
For some, it will be the most glorious day of all creation. Those who know and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Including those who have died and gone to be with Jesus. For they will receive their earthly bodies glorified that day. But for others, those who don't know the Lord, it will be a terrible day indeed. For at that point, eternal destinies are sealed and there is no second chance. But for believers in Christ, it is a source of great hope. A source of great comfort that our Lord and Savior is coming back to set all things right. To make all things new and we will live with Him forever right here on earth. On a remade heaven, remade earth. We don't know exactly the nature of the Thessalonians' um, concern was. They had apparently written to Paul and were concerned about what was happening now that people were dying before Jesus came back. The Thessalonians, it was a young church, but they loved Jesus. And whereas we might not think about the second coming very much, they thought about it a lot. They anticipated His arrival any and every day. The problem was that some of their brothers and sisters in Christ, their loved ones were beginning to die. And Jesus hadn't come back yet. And they wondered, would those people be disadvantaged in some way when Jesus came back? Now they knew that when you die, immediately you go to be with the presence of the Lord. You don't fall asleep. In fact, the word fall asleep here is an idiom. It's like when we say someone passed away. It means they died. We know uh, Jesus told the thief on the cross, Today, not tomorrow, not in a while, today you will be with me in paradise. They knew that to be uh, absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. But what about their bodies that were going into the grave? Was the Lord done with them? What was going to happen? So Paul writes to set the record straight. To tell them that no, the Lord was not done with their bodies. Unlike every other religion that's ever roamed this earth, every false religion, that says the body is is unclean and dirty and just a temporary thing, the Bible teaches us that our bodies are meant forever. And they're going to be remade and we're going to receive them back on the day Jesus returns. We don't know when this day is going to be, this day of Christ's return. Every day, or every generation rather, has thought they were in the last days. Can you imagine what would happen when two-thirds of Europe died because of the plague? Surely, surely that was the end time, right? Or, or the reformers thought, surely this is it. The church has been reformed. Jesus is coming back. World War I, when hundreds of thousands of soldiers were dying in single battles, certainly this is the end of the world. Or the Holocaust, with, with, uh, with, with Hitler's, what, 6 to 12 million deaths, the people he killed, and then Stalin with his 25 million he killed. Surely those were the end of the age, right? We don't know when it's going to be. But we're told in just a few verses later, in 5 verse 2, that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. We don't know when it's going to be, but we do know that when it comes... We'll know it. What's going to happen then? What's going to happen when he comes? Well, let's let's walk through some of these elements. And I certainly can't get to everything in this text. There's so much. The first is that everyone will know for certain and everyone will see it. Isaiah 40 verse 5, written 700 some odd years before the coming of Jesus, says this, that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh. All flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. 
He's going to descend from the clouds. Do you remember the disciples in Acts chapter 1? When they stood there, their mouths and their chins hanging down on the ground as they see their Savior, their Messiah, their God rising through the clouds. And what does the angel say? He said, why why are you standing here wondering what's going to happen? Don't you know he's going to come back in the same way? He's going to come through the clouds again bodily and we will see him. And do you know when he comes, he's not coming alone. Have you ever seen someone important show up alone? It doesn't happen, right? They always have a retinue. They always have folks with them. They always have hangers on. Uh, Governor Ivey was in town back in November-ish for the uh, uh, breaking ground of the Provallis facility out at Dogwood Hills. I didn't see her, but I drove by their facility over here on Belleville when she was leaving. And y'all, you would have thought the president was here. I mean, she had five or six really tricked out suburbans, you know, ready to go. And, and there, her bodyguards out there, and, and, uh, and the police are waving me through. Come on, come on, come on. And I didn't see her, but I saw her people. She didn't come alone. And how much more important is our King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the, the God of all creation? When he comes, he's not coming alone. Who's he coming with? I imagine there are going to be some angels involved, but we're told specifically earlier in this book in 3.13, that He's coming with all His saints. All those who have died and gone to be with the Lord before His coming, they're coming back. When Jesus returns, our mothers and our fathers and our grandfathers and our brothers and our babies, all the folks that we've said goodbye to, they're coming with Jesus. And we'll get to see Him on that day. Talk about a reunion. I don't know if our hands will be able to wave. We'll just be struck, all struck. Somehow in God's miraculous working, everyone of all ages, centuries, epochs of every continent, tribe, language, tongue will be there. And those who love Jesus will rejoice at His coming. Those in China will see Jesus. Those here in Bruton will see Jesus. I don't know how it's going to work. But I take God's word for it. And I look forward to that day. And it's going to be an audio-visual masterpiece. We've been watching a lot of football, whatever team you follow. And I remember one of my favorite games when I was in college was the Florida game. It was on my birthday, which was fantastic. Not because it was my birthday, but it was a fun thing to celebrate. Uh, fun thing to celebrate. My brother came up. It was a hard game. We won, I think, in overtime. But what was fun about that game is... The, the game started with some famous singer singing the national anthem. And your heart, and you're, you know, you got tears coming down. It's, you know, ooey gooey. You're excited to be an American. And, and then, and then what happens? The F-16s come. And the people in the upper deck said that they could, that the F-16 came down so low that they could see the helmet of the pilot. And you just didn't see it. And you didn't just hear it. You felt it. If you were blind, you would have known what had happened. If you were deaf, you would have known what had happened. The sights and sounds were amazing. But take that and multiply it by a bajillion beyond Tuscaloosa, beyond Alabama, beyond the nation. Throughout all the cosmos will reverberate with the sound of our Savior returning. And the planets 14.5 billion light years away will know it just as much as we will that Jesus has come back. The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, 
the voice of the archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. As Christ himself, the conquering son, descends as a triumphant hero, from his mouth comes a cry of command. We don't know what it's going to be, but we do know what it does. And it will cause those who are dead to rise from the ground. Their souls are with him. He's got them. They've been with him in heaven ever since their death. But now he calls forth and their bodies rise from the battlegrounds. Their bits and pieces from underneath the water of, of battles long ago fought by wooden sailing ships. Those in the graves and those cremated all will rise and be put back together and glorified and will rise and join their souls. Not only that, the voice of the archangel. Uh, the only archangel mentioned in scripture is Gabriel by name. Michael's probably one, but we don't know. We don't know what he's going to say, but he's going to be saying, hey, it's over, guys. This is it. Jesus is back. He's going to be announcing that the time of trial and suffering has come to an end, and now paradise begins for all those who love the Lord Jesus Christ. And beyond that, the trumpet of God, perhaps even his voice, we're not sure. You know, we, we use trumpets to announce those who are important. And what bigger and greater person is this than our God and our King, the incarnate God, deity in the flesh, Emmanuel conquering God, Lamb of God, Prince of Peace, the creator of all things. Here he is on the last day of creation. What a day of rejoicing it will be. And he will be announcing the news of sweet victory to those who love the Lord. And we will know it amongst its very first note. We won't sit there wondering... I had a friend in college who genuinely thought the Lord came back one day. And he woke up and the light was kind of eerie through the, through the blinds. And he thought, this is it. Jesus come back. And so he sat in bed for a while and nothing happened. He said, this isn't quite how I thought it would be. And so he did what any modern American would do. He went and sat in front of his television, turned on CNN, thought, surely CNN's going to announce that Jesus has come back. And after watching for a couple hours, he figured this wasn't the day. My friends, we will know the day. We will know the day. Our, our watches will stop ticking. The history books will be closed. It'll be over. It'll be over. Well, what happens? We will receive, those who have gone before will receive their resurrection bodies, and those who are still on earth will be changed forever. The bodies we now have will be changed, so we'll still recognize each other. Uh, I'll have more hair and look better. Uh, and I don't know what the average age is going to be. I don't know how any of that works. But those who are still on earth will be remade in a twinkling of an eye. And those who have gone before us, their bodies will uh, rise out of the ground and join their souls in heaven. We see this in verse 16b. The dead in Christ will rise first. The Thessalonians were worried that those who had died would be at a disadvantage. Because Christ hadn't come back yet. But the opposite is true. Theirs is the place of honor. For their bodies are going to rise out of the ground first. And they're going to be remade first. Then we who are still here. We still here. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. In all our infirmities, all our ailments, all our pains, all the foreign metal and brackets and screws and pins that are in our body, all the plates and all the arthritis, all the degeneration, the diseases and the cancer, those things will be gone in a twinkling 
of an eye. Won't that be a good day? I've got a, an uncle who is, who is dying. I have a father-in-law who has prostate cancer. Chrissy's uh, grandmother in Ohio weighs 60-some-odd pounds. Um, it's a tough season. And it makes us yearn for what? For the culmination of all things. To make all this, all this right. Verse 17, those who are alive, we who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. The word meet here is a very specific word. And it refers to the official visit of a king to a town. And those who are in the town go out to the king to welcome him and bring him back to town. It is a going out to bring back. That's exactly what happens here. We will go up to the clouds with the Lord and hang out with all our buddies that we hadn't seen in a while who who receive glorified bodies just like we have. We rejoice and then we bring Christ and all those who have gone before back to earth which will be remade to the new heavens and the new earth. This is the day of judgment, by the way. This is the last day, the day of the Lord. And it's not just the bodies of believers who will be raised. We're not told a lot about this in Scripture, but Acts 24, verse 15, makes it abundantly clear that on this day, it will not just be the bodies of believers that are raised, but also those of unbelievers. Verse, uh, Acts 24, 15, there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. We learn a lot about resurrection bodies of believers, but the same words are not used of, of unbelievers. They do not have life. They are not immortal. They are not eternal. Now, they will live forever, but they will live forever in hell, where they've received their bodies and will receive their just due for their sins. Praise God, Jesus came to save us, right? Because at this point, eternal destinies are sealed and confirmed for for all of eternity. Heaven or hell. Those who have been forgiven of their sins are declared innocent and righteous for all the universe. And God says, that's my son. I love him. And my son paid for his sins. Christ has already taken the punishment of hell for us. And there's nothing left. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, the day of judgment is not to be a, 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 something for believers to fear. Indeed, it will be a time of rewards, which we don't deserve either, by the way. That's just God's grace. Time of rewards and celebration as we thank the Lord of all the sins that we've done that He's paid for everyone on. Praise be to God. But for those who don't know Jesus, what an awful place. To appear before the Lord naked, without an advocate, with no righteousness. And to hear that sentence of guilty in the place of punishment forever, hell. Don't ever tell anybody to go to hell. But for the believers, it will be a day of rejoicing. Because this is also the day where Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. He's done a lot of bad things, hasn't he? He's incited a lot of violence. He's behind all the genocide. He's behind all the racism. He's behind all the disrest. He's behind all the illness. He's behind all that. All the persecution. All the believers who have gone to their graves because they love Jesus. 
He's behind uh, uh, the president of China, Xi Jinping, now who, who is cracking down on Christians again. He, he's behind um, uh, Kim Il-sung in, in North Korea. He's behind Castro, and, and he's behind all of these regimes that hate Jesus. And this day, he will be thrown into the lake of fire where he can do no more harm ever. Revelation 20, verse 10, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The prowling lion will prowl no more. Temptation will cease, and God's people will say, Amen. And then some more good bits. The new heavens and the new earth. God's people have been remade at this point. We've received our resurrection bodies and we need somewhere new to live. And so God remakes this earth. He, he remakes earth. He glorifies it. He changes it. He purifies it with fire. And you and I will live here on earth. So often when we talk about heaven, we think, surely it's just kind of something ethereal and you know, maybe not real. And um, it surely isn't going to be as tangible and tasteable and smellable and feelable as this world. My friends, the next world will be so much greater, a thousand times greater than what we've ever experienced here and what we feel and experience and taste and know. And our relationships will be even better. Your best friend might even be a better friend in heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, Revelation 21 tells us. For the, new he- for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from, from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The curse of the fall will be reversed. The ground will no longer fight against us. Our relationships will no longer be marred and broken by sinful emotions or anger. Plagues, diseases, mourning, illness, fear, sin, suffering, injustice, racism, oppression, genocide, human trafficking, persecution. These things will be replaced with a perfect relationship as we dwell with our God forever. For as great as those things are, the best thing about heaven is we get to see God. We get to see Jesus, our Savior And apparently still see his wounds on his hands. He had them after he was resurrected. We rejoice and live with him forever. My friends, history is experienced by everyone. The winners and the losers. And one day history will end. And the books will be closed. And our clocks will stop running. And whether you believe it's going to happen or not, it is. It's true. This day is coming. Don't let the fact that it hadn't happened yet fool you. And don't let the fact that we don't know when it's going to be fool you. I pray it be today. I pray often every day that it would be today. When the trumpet is heard throughout the universe, so loud and final that it's be felt, it's over. And at that moment, just like at our deaths, our eternal destinies are fixed. And for the believer, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. But for billions of others, 
This will be the day of mourning and sadness. But the good news, my friends, is that Christ came to seek and to save the lost. You too can be part of God's people and live in the new heavens and the new earth with resurrected bodies. Everything we've just talked about can belong to you. You can be an heir, a co-heir with Christ of the kingdom of heaven. What do you do? Christ offers you salvation today. If you turn to Him and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and trust in Him for salvation. If you'd like to talk more about that, come find me after the service. I'd love for today to be the day of your salvation. For those of you that love the Lord, I think we can say all the more clearly, hopefully, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would come quickly. There's so much pain in our congregation, in our lives. Some of it's known, some of it's not. There's so much pain and so much suffering in our nation and in the world. We yearn for the day when all things are made right and the dwelling place of God is with man. pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.